It's the 120 Podcast, and with just a number of series remaining in the year, your Chicago Cubs remain in a playoff spot with a divisional race still on the cusp of taking over the Brewers, I'd say, but at this point it's remained a steady three or so games every single day, Ben. The Brewers just cannot seem to be beat, but our Cubs, despite a rough series against Arizona, have continued to win, now have passed their win total for the season. I know you were a happy better last night. Yeah, I didn't even bet it. I just loved seeing oh, that. okay, okay. My, I was excited. My... Yeah, I I knew going into the season it was 77 and a half. I stayed away from it because I don't like usually doing stuff like that, like over under win totals cuz mm-hmm. I feel like they're unpredictable. But yeah. yeah, I think it was pretty cool to see that we have like two and a half weeks left and they passed their over under win total. So that was pretty sick. Friend of the pod Nick Alonzo had the over under win totals. He was excited last night. And you actually reminded him. I you texted me and then I told Nick and he was thrilled. <laughs> I love Since that. Since we last talked because yeah took a 15 to 7 win against the Reds and then we recorded that night. Since then it was a sweep against the San Francisco Giants including a victory on Tuesday 11 to 8. I was there for that one, got my cool class of 2024 jersey. And from there it was uh, a bit of a different story against Arizona. Dropped all three of the first three games, two of them by only a run before defeating the Diamondbacks in the last chance on Sunday, 5-2, and then a win last night in Colorado, 5-4. By the time this releases, we will also have a Tuesday night score. Obviously, we can't talk about that now, but PCA's two home run game tonight in Colorado will have to wait for next next week's episode. Yeah, um, pretty, pretty weird week, I would say, overall. I feel like vibes were extremely high after that San Francisco Giants series only being one and a half games out from Milwaukee yeah, and kind of built continuing to build up that, that wild card ground. And then they take on the team under them and they lose three of four and four, I would say extremely frustrating games. They, they, they were able to handle that Sunday game pretty nicely, but especially uh, Friday and Saturday, one run losses. Cause why wouldn't it be? That's just all the Cubs playing at this point. One run losses where Jamison Tyone and, uh, Justin Steele absolutely shoved. So those are games that you need to win, but the offense decided to go stale for three games against Arizona after doing pretty well against San Francisco. And it was disappointing, but you know, we, we get them again next week and hopefully at their place and hopefully we can do better things there. Back two games over the Diamondbacks in the wild card look same as your Cincinnati Reds. If you're a Cincinnati Reds fan, even though there's probably about three of them and guarantee you none of them are listening. But the Brewers have 80 wins in the season now. They've reached that 80 club. And one thing that's frustrating to me, actually, and this is nitpicky, because obviously to be thinking that we're here we are two weeks out from the end of the season and we're talking about playoff scenarios and very possible playoff scenarios is is awesome because I don't think we'd be at this point, Ben, think coming back to June. Yeah. But uh, one thing that frustrates me a little bit is we talk about how un- unscalable of a hill the Brewers have been, but the Phillies have casually stayed a game or two above us this whole time, too, for the top wildcard spot. And they're actually kind of slumping a little bit to the point of where we're kind of pulling. I think it's one and a half now. It's one after, and a half now, yeah. Uh, uh, they split a doubleheader yesterday. So it, that'll certainly be interesting to see because it'd be really nice to have a three three playoff home games. Mm-hmm. So. You're obviously going for that NL Central, but you're right there with the Phillies as well. So you gotta, you gotta find ways to win ball games because if you're, if the Brewers continue to win like they have, beating good teams and bad teams, you gotta try and overtake the Phillies because they're, they've kind of are at the same pace that we've been of recent and we're only one and a half out. So let's see what happens there. 
I'll say it. I've expressed my distaste for the new playoff format a few times, but what's, I mean, aside from pride and maybe a nice shirt you can buy at Dick's Sporting Goods, what's the difference between getting the number one wildcard spot and winning the division? Yeah, that's, that's certainly an interesting point considering the fact that the Dodgers and Braves are just running away with those one and two seeds. So you're not, you're not necessarily wrong when you look at it. If, if they do end up losing the central and getting that fourth spot, is there really a difference between winning the central and getting that number four spot? It it really doesn't feel like there is at all. Just no pride and not being the Brewers. But I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. You don't get a little pennant that goes on the top of Wrigley field. That's kind of it. Well, and then you'd get, you'd get to play who you'd you'd play Arizona probably or Cincinnati. Um, it would it would end up probably being Philly if you get that four spot because Philly would drop down one. Oh right, right, right. So four four would play six or four would play five. Four would no, play five. Three, yeah, four would play five, and the Brewers would, three play, would play six. Probably yeah. Arizona yeah. or Cincinnati or whatever it. it might be. So we would we would we would our date if we if if we sit as is our date is set with the Phillies, but it almost feels like at this yeah. point, and unless they take over that central. Right. It almost feels like our data set to f- play the Phillies so in October. That's your difference then. I personally, I'd rather play the Diamondbacks or the Reds or whoever the three, the six seed is than, uh, than the Phillies. So I, yeah. And that's, then that's your difference. The winner of the NL Central gets a theoretically easier first round opponent. Correct. And then the Dodgers probably instead of the Braves. Um, yeah, yeah, that's also correct. I saw that so, today on the MLB Instagram, like if the playoffs started today kind of thing. Cause um, they don't, they don't do reseeding. Like I think the only, I think the only major sports league that does reseeding and is the NFL when mm-hmm. it doesn't go necessarily based on who's where, where the bracket falls. I think it's more and, reseeding. Yeah. Yeah. It's reseeding in the NFL. So I know, I know for a fact there's no reseeding in MLB because the no. Phillies should have played. The Dodgers last year, but they ended up uh, playing the Braves because they were that six seed. Yeah. So uh, there, there's our answer. We just cracked it live on the pod that the the difference in winning the division, aside from a nice pennant and a, a cool shirt from Dick Sporting Goods, is potentially getting to play the Diamondbacks or the Reds versus the the Phillies. And I and the Marlins aren't totally out of it either. There's there's other options. The the Giants aren't out of it. There's it could be anyone, but you'd get one of those four I just named off instead of at this point it's pretty much a lock that Philly is going to get either that one or two wild card spot. I saw a, a thing on Twitter today of our, every team's last 30 games when it comes to Milwaukee, Chicago, um, the Brewers, or shoot, I sorry, I said the Brewers, the Phillies, uh, what are the other two teams? Arizona and San Francisco, and I San think, Fran, yeah. and Miami. And every single team has like the same record over mm-hmm. their last 30 games because like 19 and 11 or so. I saw the same ever, thing. It's almost like ever since the Cubs kind of snuck back in, there really hasn't been a lot of movement. No, at all. That's that 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 six spots kind of changed here and there, and that changes every day at this point. Where it's Arizona, Miami, San Francisco, Cincinnati, but really ever since the Cubs snuck into that five spot. It's kind of been just the same thing where it's Philly, Chicago, and then one of those, depending on who wins or loses that day, sneaks into that sixth spot. Here's here's something for Ben's awesome social media coverage. It it feels like this. It feels like we're just getting there and we're not touching. Like it's it, can you see it? Like the Brewers are the top line and we're the bottom line. Like every time we get even an inch there, 
just falls apart. And the yeah. Brewers find a way to take off from there. So when the Brewers ebb, we find a way to find get our way up there, but just not close enough. We're almost crossing paths, and we just don't intersect. That's enough math for this episode. But it's just it's just a unfortunate thing. Like you said, the Cubs have really taken off, and it seems like every time the Cubs go on a streak, the teams around them do too. And every time the Cubs drop a couple games – the teams around them do too. So it's just, it's, it's just, it, they kind of work together, right? Like the Brewers aren't taking off much past three games, but they're not allowing much more than two and a half. You know what I mean? Right. And that, and that's why this series, I think this weekend against Arizona was so frustrating because if you just take care of business and win, even if you split, you're still a game closer than you are right now. And you're only looking at two and we're, we're, I'm talking long-term here, looking to that last series of the year. That's a big series, and I think you want to be less than three games at that point because you don't want to rely on a sweep to try and win the NL Central. Let's talk about that. We're going to talk about some player things probably more towards the end, but let's talk about this because I texted you about this last night. Yeah. We talked about the positive side of it. The Cubs could bump into that one seed, but they do have to play the rest of this Rocky series. They have to play the Braves again. They have to play the Diamondbacks again. They have to play the Brewers at the end of the year. There's a chance we could stay in Milwaukee for six straight games. Yeah, because and, it would be we would fall into the third wild card spot for those who aren't tracking and theoretically play Milwaukee, the divisional winner, the four, the three seed as the six seed after the series to end the year. We would stay there for a best of three series, which wouldn't even feel like the playoffs to me, honestly, because you would never move. It's a little it's a little scary to think about. But mm-hmm. when we were talking about it yesterday, I said the only positive about that is the fact that if the Cubs do get knocked around in that last series of the Brewers, or even if they win, either way, it's going to have the, those playoff vibes, no matter what yes. the, the scenario is. Yeah. So that can really help boost the Cubs going into October if they end up getting there, which I think they're on good pace to get there as of right now. Mm-hmm. That that could be huge for them that they could play in a playoff atmosphere like series and maybe already have a playoff spot locked up. It just feels like for months, weeks even, I've kept thinking like, okay, this has been fun, but at some point they're going to fall off, right? Like the teams that were supposed to make the playoffs are going to take over, right? But no, it seems like at this point, there is a genuine energy that the Cubs will make the playoffs. They will maintain. It's just a matter of where their seed will be at this point. And yes, they could lose tonight and go on an eight game losing streak and I could have just eaten all my words, but it's, but I have a feeling it's just starting to look like this might be more than just a, a lucky streak. Yeah, and that's why coming up, obviously you, you mentioned it, there's there's a lot of tough opponents coming up down the line. We talk about Milwaukee and Atlanta in those last two series of the year, but we have Arizona coming, or we're going to Arizona this weekend. That's why you got to take care of business against the Rockies right now, tonight, and tomorrow. And then also next week you got a four-game set with Pittsburgh, who you've kind of owned their number a little bit this year. So yeah. keep doing what you've done with them this year. And if they can, if they can win the Colorado series, maybe even sweep, knock on wood, let's hope they do and take three out of four against Pittsburgh. We're looking really positively at probably staying in that five spot and hopefully getting up in the NL Central. That's the most likely scenario. Let's talk Pete Crow Armstrong. Yes, Cubs sir. number one prospect turned. Official Chicago Cub batting in the eighth spot tonight came in last night as a pinch runner and then to remain in the game for a nice little, um, bunt sacrifice bunt that was able to advance the base runner to second. And when he was on first as a pinch runner in an almost surreal, weird, where were you moment, 
the first man to playing first to welcome him into the major leagues, as you as the veteran first baseman always does when someone gets the first for the first time, was Christopher Lee Bryant. Yeah. I It's pretty <sighs> That's it, weird. It's surreal. It, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy to see that considering the fact of like Chris Bryant was like the last Cubs prospect that you knew was going to be a great player in the major leagues. And now we look at it, what? Are we eight years down the line now? Seven, eight, whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. And you have the, the next guy that everyone ex- is expecting to be good no matter what. Like this, this is our neck. This, this was our, this is our biggest prospect since Chris Bryant. I almost feel like it's, to me, it's a cool, like, passing of the torch moment. Yeah. Not because Chris was like, oh, man, welcome to the Cubs. You're going to love it here. No, as a fan, it felt like it because it's not like PCA was a prospect that Chris might have met at Cubs convention and then and before he got traded. PCA joined the Cubs the day Chris left the Cubs. Yeah. It was part of the Baez trade. And you know that. I don't need to tell you that. I'm just saying it in general. So this is literally the moment where when the team had their lowest point, when we were the laughing stock in the MLB because everyone thought they were doing the wrong thing about trading away their three key assets, and everyone said, what are they doing? Now they're a hell of a lot better in the playoff scenario than the Rockies, and uh, and Chris Bryant's the one welcoming one of the players they got in return on the, on the day the music died for the Cubs a couple of years ago. So I, I just think that's surreal. It makes me feel good. It makes me uh, happy to be a Cubs fan right now and, and that they're competing. I miss Chris. But I, I don't miss him having on the team. You know what I mean? He's he's made a glass, and it's been about 60 games this year, Max. Yeah, and it that just goes back to really at the end of the day, and you mentioned it, it felt like the music died that day. But really, when we're looking back on it, everything that happened that day was yeah. critical for what's going on right now. See, I always because, forget. You always tell me. Sorry to cut you off, but Wesneski was not the Rizzo trade. No, that was Scott Efros. Right. Okay. They got they got Kevin Alcantara from the Rizzo trade and a reliever, a, a a prospect that was meant to be a reliever that's not in Major League Baseball anymore. So that one was an L. But no, but Alcantara's. Oh well, that's that's true. That's yeah. true. I meant but, just speci- I meant specifically that the reliever that um we don't we don't know of. But um and then obviously Baez was PCA, which I feel like that's going to ultimately always be the biggest winner of that day. But that's uh. That's I don't know I think it's pretty funny that that was the and first Trevor Williams and Trevor yeah. Williams don't forget. yes <laughs> my bad how could I forget <laughs> don't forget Trevor Williams was part of that trade too well I think it's funny if you follow me on Instagram I was I've been talking about this for years because um you're younger than me you're you're oh three yeah but I'm February two thousand two was when I was born so newsflash anyone listening we're kind of young but so is Pete Carr Armstrong March two thousand two and he was when when the when Baez got traded, I remember looking him up on Baseball Reference, just looking for his minor league stats and seeing that it was his birthday. And I was like, man, like my dad always told me, like, there's going to be a day where you'll realize, holy cow, I've reached, you know, what did I do wrong? I've reached the older than major leaguers age. And that was what happened last time when PCA entered the game. Almost near, nearly as surreal as seeing Ellie De La Cruz's birthday on the Jumbotron at Wrigley Field and knowing I'm only a month younger. Pretty, it's wild stuff. Wild. Yeah. That, that's all you got to yeah. say. No, it's wild. But I'm I'm excited for PCA, man. Like I mm-hmm. think it's so cool that they are willing to bring him up in the middle of this race and hopefully be an impact piece down the line in this wild card race. I know Rossi said that he might not have the role that everyone's expecting, but personally I'm okay with those comments because Rossi's Rossi's kind of right. Like he didn't necessarily he did not get us to this to the point that we're at. No. 
but he can make a difference with his late inning defense and his speed like he was used in yesterday. And that's exactly why we called him up. And even like dropping down a sacrifice bunt, like he's already, he, he already, that's a plus for that entire clubhouse. I guarantee it that he was able to move a runner, runner over because at the end of the day, that's baseball. So I'm excited to see what he can do tonight. The last time a Cub made his debut at Colorado. And I know technically he made his debut last night and gotten at bat, but I think now that he's in the lineup, like that's the official like enshrining, mm-hmm. like you've made it. Last time a Cub made their debut in Colorado, Javi Baez hit a home run. So maybe get your PCA prop bets in tonight, even though you're going to be listening to this tomorrow. So if he does, I called it. Prophecy. Do you have many? Do you have many? You don't have many. You're like three man classic no, home run props, right? I probably should have. I I don't know why I didn't sprinkle don't, any money on don't it. Don't be a homer. I get it, but don't. I mean, they were playing in Colorado. By the way, I just got the phone alert. We talked about this before we turned the mics on. The Candyman back down to the IL and the can man back upstairs after a quick stint. I don't even know if he made it back to Iowa. He probably just turned around. Yeah, I guarantee you he didn't. Yeah. yeah. So well, I, do you think he even left the team? Well, it's, it's interesting because I don't, I don't really know what that situation is. I think, I think they were, they probably did keep him around. Cause I think they were anticipating. Jamie right. They probably the knew IL. they were going to put Jamer cause Jamer didn't play yesterday. Yeah. He knew he wasn't going to play. Um, He's dealing with back stuff. So hopefully he's back in a, in, I think they only put him on the 10 days, so hopefully he truly yeah. is back in 10 days, and hopefully this isn't something that lingers. But it, it stinks because, uh, you know, the extra base power that Candy can bring to the table, but I'm fine with having Nick Madrigal start every day at third. Yeah. And it sounds like this probably moves Cody to first for first. The, probably the, the rest of this, uh, as long as Candy's on the IL. Leaves the door open for Pete to always be batting unless he's on the on the interstate or something. And then probably a little bit more uh a little bit more Patrick Wisdom as well. So yeah. we'll 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 see what ends up happening with uh Candy going on the IL. But I they that's that's the thing that's been so nice about the Cubs this year. They they especially after they kind of cut ties with guys like Barnhart and Mancini, the depth just just continued to get greater and greater because you were actually getting guys that deserved at bats that they continue to get at bats like Nicky Mad. So yeah, it, it's a tough loss, but I think the Cubs can fight through it. And especially cause candy kind of was slumping before, uh, yeah, before he went on the aisle anyway. So miles master Boney back on the Cubs saw him last night, in a pinch running situation. He's been back for a little while though, but it's, yeah. that's the, that's the, I just, we haven't seen him much. And of course we wonder if Canario will get, more than his one at bat this time around. I, I am happy to see that David has a plan for BCA, even if it's just being that Tony Campana character. Like it's like, I'm okay with it. Like I'm glad there's a plan for BCA. He's going to, he's going to be the speedy character for the sack bunts and the pinch running and the occasional start. But it just felt like Canario was upstairs for a waste of time. Two weeks, he had one at bat against a difficult pitcher. And it's, I mean, we saw little, we saw green, we saw plenty of new pitchers, but you hope Canario gets a chance, maybe even a start with, uh, I know this is not the time to screw around with the lineup, but also he's there for a reason. Yeah, and we talked about it last week. You know, get the get the kid at some at bats if he needs if need be. And I think with PCA up, if if it was if it was vice versa right now, I think Canario would probably get be getting more at bats. But I feel like PCA might be taking those at bats away, and he's really just that extra man on the roster right. that you that you get when it comes to these September call ups and whatnot. So. We'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with Canario, but who really knows at this point? With PCA, this is the last thing I'll say about it. With PCA's 
malleability to be thrown in as a pinch runner or as a pinch hitter to just advance the base runners. I almost wonder if that will additionally limit a rookie's starts and give Canario a window here and there every third day or so. Yeah, that that that's potentially an idea too. And yeah, you hate honestly, it. Though. That's what you say when you hate it. Yeah, I I don't I don't know I don't know. <laughs> but I lost my tra- an idea, Mikey. I lo- I I lost my train of thought. It's all right. Let's. T- I I I got a way to get the big blue train back on the tracks, as somebody well, has done all year long. One more. If you have, you have. You no 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 you not know. me. No, I have somebody who's been the conductor of the big blue train all year long. I'll talk about him. Okay, but one one last thing before we move on to your point. Another I some other IL news. Uh, Edward Alzali also mm-hmm. on the IL for a little bit. I don't know if it's because he's been struggling and they want to give him a couple days off, but. I think we'll we'll see. They put Fulmer in a big situation yesterday, and I think we all thought he was going to blow it, but he ended up uh, another Tommy Hadovy mound visit saved the day for the Cubbies. So uh, they're definitely going to have to find a guy, and I think Merriweather will get primarily closing for the Cubs while Adbert's done, but we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with that. Give me some lighter chances, too. I feel like that's where he should have gone last night, too. But Fulmer ended up figuring it out, but that was scary. Oh, yeah, I was. Yeah, it and, reminded and me you, of earlier in the season. And you put it, I, I think either you put it on social media or you texted me that, that I feel like for you and probably for me as well, that, that felt like October, even though we were playing mm-hmm, the Rockies. You, yeah. Like my, that, my chest hurt. Exactly. Like your heart was uh-huh. beating through your chest. And I feel like that was all Cubs fans last night with Fulmer on the mound. So mm-hmm. closing the ninth inning might be tough without, uh, the people's fist, but <laughs> hopefully they can win some ball games by some pretty big margins here. Last thing, conductor of the big blue train. We'll talk about this for a while. Cy Steele. Yeah. Things have gotten really fun in the Justin Steele Cy Young campaign. It's Spencer Strider is not out of it, but it's becoming clear that the, uh, the front runners here, the two candidates might come down to a, a previous nobody in his first all-star appearance here in Justin Steele and, uh, and somebody who's been around for a long time and Blake Snell, someone who probably would have won a World Series without a, a crappy manager. So there's a, there's your, there's your two guys and there's your, your quick Kevin Cash dragged through the mud. But Ben, you know more about the nerd stats than me. You were telling me all about there's specific things that are putting steel over the edge. So what do you think? Well, yeah. Um, I think that was holding what, what was putting steel or Snell over the edge over steel for a while was the fact that he had the ERA title in all of Major League Baseball. That's flipped now. Justin Steele, after, I mean, ever since that Milwaukee series, he's just been on a, just a roaring train, just, mm. just carving people up, getting nine, eight, ten strikeouts a game, twelve. I, he had twelve, I think he had twelve strikeouts against the Giants. That, that start was incredible. Yeah, he, he is just, he's just killing it right now. The lefty from Lucidale, Mississippi. I think he's probably, and and the crazy thing is he's I feel like he's still not getting talked of n- enough about no. across national media. Like I feel like I'm only seeing Cubs uh accounts post about him. And you know, there'll be like certain stat pages like Codify and uh what's pitching ninja that are big fans of him, but yeah, man, I think this Justin Steele Cy Young thing is getting really real. I I don't think we really wanted to talk about it like going into August because we didn't really know what the voters were thinking or wh- where this could land, but man, he is just, he's just dominant right now. And you feel like you can win every single ball game with him on the mound. And 
16 and three, that's, that's really just an unbelievable record. And at 2.49 on top of that, it, it's just, it's just been, it's just been awesome to watch for a guy that was developed by the Cubs. Averaging nine strikeouts per his last three starts, Milwaukee, San Francisco, the Diamondbacks did some quick math. Well, Ben was talking there. Uh, just insane. At least six innings in all three of those starts. One eight, one seven. And it's not like that, that average is completely weighed down by or weighed up by one really great game. I mean, 12 is a lot, but there was eight and six in the other two as well. So there's, I mean, he is efficiently out there every game. There's whispers. There's talk that Marcus Stroman might be back. Yeah. When the time comes for the playoffs and that'll be huge. But between Justin Steele and Jordan Wicks right now, things are looking pretty good from the, from the Cubs pitching department. Things kind of worked out in the best way they could have for the Cubs pitching aside from Stroman's injury. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Tyone has just kind of been up and down since the all-star break. So that's tough, but yeah, I mean, Jordan Wicks and Justin Steele have just been awesome and Steele. I'm just, I, I really want him to win it. And I really think that he will like, I feel like if he can push together a couple, what do you think? What does he have? Probably like three starts left this year, three or four. Um, who does Wicks? Steel. Steel. Uh, it's probably how does, four. It, how does it even out? Yeah. It I depends. It, it depends on the last series and stuff and what, what position they're in. Yeah, I feel like if he could just put together four really good starts to end the year here, I feel like it's it's honestly his Cy Young to lose because the thing about Blake Snell too is. He's walking a lot of guys and people really aren't talking about that. Like he's, yeah. he, he's, he gets out of a lot of jams and it's just, it, it's such a weird, it's such a weird year with the Cy Young race because it's not names that we're really used to. I feel like at least in the AL, we know it's probably Garrett Cole's kind of running away with it. But when it comes to the NL, it's like, you know, Spencer Strider just emerged on the scene last year and he's already probably top 10 pitcher in baseball. But you look at Snell, who had a couple of years struggling there in San Diego, and he, he's finally found it. But, of course, the Padres aren't a good team. And then you just got this this lefty from the Cubs, Justin Steele. It's like it, it's, a, it's a weird, interesting thing to to watch develop, and we'll see how it, how it transcends in the next two weeks. Cubs night against the Rockies. That one will start just about an hour from now as we record at about 6.20. That one starts at 6, or sorry, 7.40 out in Colorado. By the time you listen to this, that game will be over. Ben, give us your quick prediction for tonight. I think the Cubs take this one. They're playing, they're pitching a guy that's, uh, the Rockies are pitching a guy that's given up a lot of runs this year. Cubs put out a pretty good lineup today, so I, I, I like their chances tonight and, you know, going with the ass man on the mound who's it's been getting hit hard a little bit, but he's still, even when he gets hit, hit hard, he still manages to pull together a pretty solid start. So, um, I like our chances tonight and I, I think they should, I think they should win this one pretty handily. So hopefully that's the case and they're not giving us a heart attack like they did last night. And hopefully they win tonight and then win when you're listening tomorrow, tomorrow morning or today, excuse me. And they get the sweep in Colorado, but you know, let's, we'll see what happens. Good stuff. Go Cubs.